Welcome everyone to Do Well and Do Good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Do Well and Do Good podcast. I'm here with two incredible guests, Dr. Kate Anderson Foley and Jennifer Anderson Smith. You may remember Kate from episode 54 when she came on the show to talk about her career championing equity in special education. At the end of that episode, she mentioned a very special writing project that she was working on with her co-author, Jennifer. Now that it is ready to be revealed to the world, I invited both of them here on the show to share with us all of the details. This project is a children's book called Ida Finds Her Voice. And at its core, the book is designed to advocate for kindness, inclusion, and tolerance of all people and to help parents give this message to their children. The book is complete, and now Kate and Jennifer are launching a Kickstarter campaign to raise the necessary funds to bring it to print and to the hands of kids everywhere. Kate and Jennifer, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having us, Dorothy. Thank you, Dorothy. Awesome. Well, before we jump in, I want to take a second to help our listeners to get to know you both a bit better. Kate, for anyone who didn't hear episode 54, you're the CEO of the Education Policy and Practice Group with over 30 years of experience guiding public school districts and states. Could you expound on that intro just a little bit and give us a glimpse into your life and work? Just like you said, my focus has always been on creating equitable systems, breaking down the barriers so all children, all students, you know, albeit all adults, have uh, the opportunity to have the very best that education has to offer, and that leads to a great life. Amazing. And Jennifer, I know that you have really committed your life to activism and to community service. You've worked with underprivileged teens. You've jumped into grassroots efforts to promote racial justice and other social causes. And you've also, I believe, helped to lead the Racial Justice Group and the Havertown Community Action Network to address social ailments in a really positive and proactive way. So I'd love for you to tell us just a little more about you. And specifically, I'm curious if you could share what is it that has driven you to make social activism such a large part of your life? My family is biracial and I've been married for over 25 years. And so it's been a part of me for many years um, being aware of uh, racial injustice and somebody who I thought was in the know, I, I thought I was kind of aware of what was going on in the world. But I, I believe in the last few years, I've learned so much more to the point that even last night, I had to apologize to my husband for being so unaware when we first met. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm growing and there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I uh, just think that uh, we can all come together and um, if we learn from each other and um, just listen to one another, hopefully we can become a better community. And that's what we're doing with our racial justice group in Havertown. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm sure this book is 
deeply personal from you, especially having experienced this, you know, as a biracial family. Absolutely. It is, you know, and it's not just the racial, you know, just aspect that everything, you know, everything is so important. It's so important that we are kind to one another and teaching our children to be kind and to have empathy. Absolutely. Well, so without further ado, like let's dive straight into this amazing project that you two are now ready to bring to the world. So tell me what did inspire this book and why do you believe that it's so needed in today's world? I can tell you from my experience, uh, both personally and professionally, my responsibility in public school districts and the state education department was to take care of all children. And yet, in the last few years, this is not political, in the last few years, the level of uh, misunderstanding, intolerance has grown. And I felt that people looking at children, talking to them, interacting with them, they couldn't understand what was going on. And so if we have a responsibility, collective, the collective we, that in this world, we need to take care of one another, if that is true, then we need to be able to talk about tough subjects. So for example, if someone is coming into the country for the very first time and they're only three years old, how can you say that they've done something wrong? If you understand where they're coming from, Maya Angelou says it's hard to hate up close. Meaning if you, if you know somebody, if you get to know people from a human standpoint, be it race, gender, choices, it's, it's hard to say that all people are this or all people are that. And you bring a human quality to that. And that's what this book is about. Talking about those tough subjects. For example, I can't tell you how many parents have come up to me and said, I, I don't know how to start the conversation. And so this is a book that Jennifer and I thought, we have so much to say. We want to be a part of the narrative because of our collective and individual experiences that we can help parents, but we can also help children. Children don't come into this world with biases. That's taught. And so if we can present something in a story form way and have those embedded lessons, but then also have the way to have words to start talking about things, this world will be a better place. You know, one person at a time, one neighborhood at a time, one group at a time. Yeah, I think what's so one of the things that's so interesting about what you said is it's true that children don't have hate in them inherently. That's something that they pick up, um, you know, as they as they grow and they receive these messages. And so I think it's so interesting how in the book, Ida, she's experiencing all of these, you know, different situations of, of intolerance and she's confused, right? I mean, she, she just doesn't know what to make of it. And so I think one of the things the book does such an incredible job of is that it helps children to understand those feelings and to make sense of them and, and gives parents that outlet, that introduction to be able to, to talk about it. Can I add that, um, you know, we're, we're taught to think with our brains and you know we're using our heart but it's also very important that we we go with our gut and uh, we have to teach our our kids to listen to our gut because you know sometimes we feel that something isn't right and then what do we do with that feeling so we're trying to maybe teach 
children and even adults, you know, it is, if we see something that's wrong, that maybe it is time that we speak up and we're giving some opportunities to teach or to have the conversation with parents and their children to speak up. And if you feel like that something is wrong, there's a good chance that something is wrong. Absolutely. Well, so it's clear that this message is so deeply important, but I'm curious, you know, why you two? What really inspired you to make this book a reality? It's either Jennifer or me. So <laughs> um, I would say this, that we are cousins. We were raised with a strong sense of self, but more than that, we were, a, we were raised with, and I think when I say raised, not only from our upbringing, but how we've raised ourselves and how we've raised our children is to say, uh, if not us, who? And if we want to leave the world in a little bit better shape than maybe how we found it or how we've come into it, then we have an active role to play. And so we feel that this is the right time. We know real first person how this is and how it works around the country and around our neighborhoods. And so we want to be part of that narrative to say there is a better way. Love and tolerance and inclusion really do work. And that's how kids can be resilient, but that's how they, could, how they can be raised into that next generation of activists. And I don't use activists in the negative term. Activists is you're part of the citizenship. You're part of this great country. Let's stand up for it then. Anything to add, Jennifer? Just that working with my cousin has been an absolute blast. Uh, that <laughs> we've been in sync things that aren't even, I don't think that I knew I would have been in sync with her. Uh, you know, it's just, we're, we're laughing and this is such an important thing, what's going on um, with what we're dealing with and, you know, everything in the news that we hear, that it, we're laughing and we're, we're loving each other and we're growing and we believe we're doing good. It's so obvious that you are. And I think what's so cool about the message of the book, and, and I've been fortunate enough to get a sneak peek and, and read it. What's amazing is that you really do weave this message of, if not me, then who? into the narrative so that, you know, Ida is learning and by reflection, the kids reading the book are also going to learn that it is the responsibility of, of each and every one of us to stand up for what's right and to, to recognize when, when something isn't okay. And then, you know, the book goes further in showing them, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you make sense of, of these feelings and, and that, you know, just that, that feeling in your gut that this isn't right. That gut feeling um, that, intuition is something that is innate and something that should be nurtured along the way. And oftentimes adults let that go when in fact they should embrace it and have it be that sounding board for oneself, one's life. So I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Ida as the main character in the book? So Ida, Ida B. Wells, she was a fabulous person. You know, we believe in strong women we're two strong women and we have an all women ensemble as we create this book and our illustrator. And you know, Ida was born into a world when uh, bigotry and discrimination, slavery was just, you know, here it was on the heels of her. And she was an African American who grew and grew up into herself as a journalist, a newspaper publisher, an abolitionist, a feminist, who stood up to discrimination and advocated for the rights of people, voting rights for people, you know, 
she told her story and that's what we're doing. And so what perfect way for a little girl named Ida to start to help her grow into herself. And I would put the plug in. This is the first book of a series that Jennifer and I are going to be writing. So more lessons for Ida. And so she can help become that superhero for a lot of kids. Gosh, that's just incredible. I mean, I think children's books do a very good job, I think, of 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 imparting important lessons. Um, you know, I've seen even I was I was babysitting a while back and and I saw that the kids had these books that were all about teaching them like why it's not okay to bite or like why it's not okay to hit someone. <laughs> but there's this hole, there's this massive hole in the marketplace for books that are talking about these sorts of issues. And it's like, if there's no introduction to it, you know, how, how are parents supposed to start that conversation? So you know, I'm curious, could you expound a little bit on that? And you know, why do you think that parents find this topic so challenging to address? It could be life experiences. For one example, we're talking about somebody that has a disability and it's a, it's a you know, visually you can see this, this child has a disability and we're aware that there's all sorts of disabilities that seen and unseen. So there's so many topics that from this book that we can talk about, but it's, you know, just like, you know, when we're, we first become parents, we really don't know what we're doing, <laughs> you, know, we're, you know, and, you know, when do we start talking about sex? When do we start talking, you know, there's so many different things that we have. We have, as a society, we have a tough time talking about race as adults uh, to one another. We have difficulty talking about disabilities. We have, you know, mental health issues. We have so many things that we have difficulty talking. So it's just, this is just a way to start so that a kid might be curious, like, mom, why, you know, why is this happening? And then it enables the mom to be able, or the dad or whoever the the adult is to be able to talk about it. And, and it's just that first question many times. And so we're hoping that that question will come up and that that parent will be able to then talk about it. And I think from parent point of view, it's not that they need to have the right answer, but they need to start and talk and sometimes be vulnerable to say, I don't know all the answers, but let's find out together. And that is, that's extremely important because just like I just had to apologize to my husband, we're still growing. We're still learning. We, you know, there's so much history that we're still, we, we don't know about because there's misinformation out there, you know, and to be okay with, okay, yeah, we don't know. And we're going to learn. And why don't we learn together? So for parents who might be listening to this and, and considering, uh, you know, getting a book like this one, um, you're getting this for their children. Could you take us through, you know, what are these lessons that Ida learns throughout the book? And what is the main message that parents can expect their kids to walk away from after they read this book to them? So as you mentioned, uh, Ida goes through a series of circumstances, of situations that she encounters. How do you talk about disability? A friend who is um, a little girl who wears a headscarf and who is Muslim and that she is shunned rather than understanding her as a child, as a person, there's a generalization that's being applied to her. So how do you start to talk through that? As I mentioned before, it's hard to hate up close, right? Get to know people on an individual basis. Could be two 
loving family members of the same sex. How do you how do you start to help a child understand that, unpack it, but then be able to put words around it? Other things have to do with, you know, how she and her family are perceived. And as a uh, little child, it's hard to grasp if you have loving parents and how fortunate she is to have loving parents, that the world can look at them in a different light. And that's a jarring thing for a child. How do you start to make sense of that? Putting words to feelings, because again, we're talking about children as well as adults, but really children, words to feelings come in iterative process. This is a way to help children identify their feelings, become aware of them, and then start to put those words with how they're feeling in a way that's juxtaposed, if you will, against the world. I don't want to talk too academic, you know, but it's just like, that's, that's the deeper psychology of, of this type of a book. It is. And I mean, I, as I was reading it, I was getting emotional because I think that it's something that is, it's so important for kids to be hearing these messages and, and where are they really getting them from? Um, and so, you know, I do believe that this book is absolutely critical in today's world and for all children. I am so excited to support this Kickstarter project and to get this book in the hands of my niece and my nephew and and all the kids that I know. I just, I believe that it is so important. And I'm, I'm grateful, honestly, to the two of you for taking this idea and then turning it into a reality and something that, that can really impact kids and families all over the world. Well, so I know that there is some meaning behind the launch date of the Kickstarter and it's going to be launching on May 13th. Could you share why that date? So Sida's sidekick is an owl and the owl's name is called Smalls, S-M-A-L-L-S, just how it's said. And Smalls is going to be the... Um, the voice that's going to be growing louder in her, like so she can find her voice. Robert Smalls was one of the American heroes that people just don't know about. He was born into slavery, and it's important to put a little context around this. During the Civil War, so the Civil War was 1861 to 1865, okay? And here was a young man, Robert Smalls, who in May 13th, 1862, as he was a slave, along with his family, he commandeered a Confederate ship in South Carolina at, a, at this young age, right? This courageous act. And he commandeers the ship. It's in Confederate area of water. He takes his family and the crew, who are also slaves, and himself. He navigates, gets out to the harbor that is Union-controlled, and he raises the white flag so they can go and rescue them. So he, in, he took that stand, right? If not him, who? He stood up, he said something, but he did something that's very courageous. And he went on then, after free and went to school, he went on to become a great businessman, publisher, and he also became a member of the U.S. House of Representatives for South Carolina. So he went on to become a local, state, and a national politician. And he was the last Republican to represent South Carolina's 5th Congressional District until 2010. So that's how far back he goes, and that's how far back 
courageous acts go, right? All the way back. And I'd just like to add that he was 22 when he did this. And, you know, so um, Smalls in the book is an owl. What a wise person at the age of 22. So it, it was just fitting that, that we named him Smalls. Wow. <laughs> There's just so much meaning behind it that I didn't even realize as I was reading it. And, you know, I think one thing that I talk about on this show a lot is that you're never too early in your journey to, to start giving. You know, it doesn't matter where you are or, or what you have. Start where you are. Start small and do what you can to help other people and to, to create that habit of giving because it really, it really is a habit. And I think that the messages that you know, are, are passed along in this book are, are so congruent with that and are written in a way that's going to make sense for kids. And that it's going to be relatable and it's, it's going to be able to, to come across in a way that, that they can understand and that they can really start to, you know, start to take that knowledge and that understanding into the world and into these experiences they're having and apply them. So how can people support this project? How can people make sure that this book is turned into something physical that we can give as, as gifts and hold in our hands? So we will be, like we said, launching on May 13th at the, on Kickstarter. So if you go to kickstarter.com and look up Ida Finds Her Voice, you will find everything right there. You'll find our funding levels and our goals and some of the great things that you will get, great products you will get as you support this project. Amazing. Well, as of May 13th, um, I created an easy way for everyone to get to that Kickstarter page. So if you're listening to this right now, you can just head to dowellanddogood.co backslash Ida. That's I-D-A. And that'll redirect you straight to the Kickstarter where you can support, where you can see all the, all the different ways that you can be involved. So Kate and Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time today to share this with me and with my listeners and to really illustrate you know, all of the heart, all of the effort and the thought that you've put behind making this project a massive success. Thank you very much for having us on your show. Yes, thank you, Dorothy, and uh, continue to do good. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. Send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard, and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, 
resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening. 